man should ever walk alone with Danny Frawley. should ever walk alone is back for another week all thanks to our great mates at chemist warehouse the home of real brands and real savings good evening to you danny frawley good evening jack good evening listeners uh, another weekend's gone jack and as yes. you know weekends are pretty busy for us and uh, yeah we well, are a busy boy you're doing two or three games a weekend you're mm-hmm. doing this show from seven to twelve and mm-hmm. the basketball show mm-hmm and we've got uh, Emma Murray coming up very shortly to talk about just getting a little bit of balance and having to just putting the handbrake on a little bit, Jack, and assess things and trying to get that mind in a healthy state because um, we all know when you get on that treadmill and you just keep churning it out, something's going to give eventually. So really looking forward to speak to Emma later on. And as you know, I love my golf, and that's sort of my time. But I've... Mondays is my day off now. Yeah, now I wanted to ask you about this because that's our theme tonight. We always try and have a theme to bring to the show. Tonight it's about mindfulness and, mm. and trying to look after yourself, which yep. you look after number one. The farm on a Monday. Tell us a little bit about why and what that does for you. Well, I think for the listeners out there, look after yourself so you can look after other people for a start. I think that's the, the most important part. It's not selfish. It's just a part no. of who you are. And I'm I'm very... What's the word? Gregarious. Love to be the life of the party. Want to try and do 10 things at once. So Mondays, get in the car and uh, have a coffee at the Port Melbourne. Get up to Ballarat and work out what I'm going to do for the day. And it's not much. Today I did a bit of ploughing, a little bit of slashing. Had the bonfire going at 12. So I went over and got a little couple of snags down the local butcher and um, nice. put that on the, the fire. Sat there with a border collie for about two hours after after work and drove back to Melbourne and had some dinner with the girls and came in here. So I feel refreshed. Not, I was actually really tired on the way back. Um, I thought I nearly need to have a sleep, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, you can see my mind was actually shutting down because after the weekend, as you know, in the media, and it's a good job. I'm not saying it's a bad job, but you've got to be up all the time. And I think in society now, we expect everyone to be up all the time. And I'm one guy that... If you're up all the time, something's going to give, and I'm a good example of that, what happened a few years ago. So um, really looking forward to tonight. We've got um, another sponsor on board too, Jack. Do um, you really? Yeah, we've got Giant Bikes. So yeah, okay. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. It might be a caller that come calls in and tells us a bit about the, the trials and tribulations. There's nothing better, even in the winter, putting the gloves on, getting on a mountain bike, and just getting out in the fresh air. To clear your mind. Well, that's become one of your your other hobbies. Uh, we know you did the big ride with Swatter yeah. and, and Cozzy and Scotty Cummings, and it probably didn't quite go as well as what you thought it was no, going to, but you, you did it, which is the main thing. No, I got there a little bit, Jack. Not much no, at no. all, really. But it, no, it was, it was a good effort. But again, we're sort of talking about mindfulness and things you do to switch off, look after yourself, and cycling and golf, are, as well as the farm. It's cycling well, and golf for the two. And the, the last couple of years... That you've sort of really picked yeah. up on, haven't you? Well, the golf to me now is the phone stays in the car because I can remember playing golf. I'll be putting, be talking to you, and I'll be on the phone to someone while I'm having a putt. Yeah. Now, that's not really playing golf, I wouldn't have thought. So now, I actually, I'm not as good a golfer now, but it doesn't worry me because I just focus on the swing and sometimes you focus on it too much. But when you get your mind relaxing golf, it actually just comes naturally. So you can't be that bad. You beat Hutto and Dell. Oh well, no, on I'm Friday there. I'm getting there. No, I told them all about it oh, all night. Well, the competitive juices <laughs> took over at the end. There's no doubt in that. So look, enough of us waffling on, Jack. We'll yes. get the experts in, and that's what we do here on our show. I'm going to introduce Emma Murray, um, mindfulness meditation 
coach. He does a you know we talk about the Richmond scenario was a was a key link in their premiership last year and still does some great work down there. She's down at the Saints at the moment. Netball coach. Um, good evening, Emma. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Uh, very good. Now, Emma, we're we're going to talk about your background a little bit for the people out there. You've had a tragic incident about. Two years ago. Two years ago now. Gee, time flies with um, your son, Will, who's, you know, he was a Brighton grammar. He was, um, you know, touted to be, well, he was going to play league footy, just a matter of which club, Jack, mm. and had that fateful incident down at Half Moon off the pier. Um, and your life was just turned on its ear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Will, in January 2016, um jumped off the pier like all young guys have done at some point in their life and he unfortunately misread the depth of the water and he broke his C5, C6, uh, which left him with a spinal cord injury, um, leaving him with quadriplegia, so no movement or feeling from the chest down. Must be a um, a, a tough thing to, to actually just, one, you'd be in shock, but your life... You and you know, obviously, obviously, Nick, your husband, but you, the mother. You, how do you, how do you, how do you get through that? I suppose, and how the steps you took. Yeah, you know, I don't think we ever know how we're going to react under a traumatic situation. Um, you know, you quite often sort of play it in your mind how you would react, and then all of a sudden, you're in it, and you don't have time to think. Um, probably what I never understood when things like that happening happen to you is how. Um, how much you get sucked into a hurricane. You are dealing with grief and shock, but you've also got so much to organise. You know, you have to get the the greatest research Mm. and fundraising and, you know, what are the other three kids? Who's looking after them? And so your life gets thrown into an absolute spin. So at a time where you need to make really critical decisions and take really good action, you're trying to process this massive grief and shock. So it's crazy. And you've obviously got a lot of support, and I suppose that can become a little bit overwhelming as well. It's great um, that, you, that we all get that, but how do you sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, compartmentalise all the scenarios? Will's going through a, a huge, you know, something that's just, he, he can't, he doesn't know how to react to it. You've got to be strong for him, and then you've got to be strong for your other children as well, and your husband and, and your friends. It's... It, it, I can see how it just becomes all a little bit too much if you keep thinking about maybe ten steps forward and instead yeah. of the first, the next step. I um, I quite often tell people that I started as a coping mechanism. I wasn't at the time. I didn't plan to do this, but I started going through a little ritual, um, and it started for me in the hospital where I would let's, for instance, say I'm going into Will's room. I would get to the door of Will's room and I would literally say to myself, stop. So I would catch myself and bring myself into that moment because, you know, standing at the door, you have all these thoughts about, you know, so far into the future, what, mm. what's Will's life going to look yeah. like? You know, what's going to happen to our other kids? Or you have so many thoughts about the past, you know, he's never going to play league footy, you know, he, all mm. the things that we're missing. So I would always use this technique where I would say, stop, stop Emma. And then I would take a breath and just really try and feel myself calm down. 
And I would always say right here, right now, what's happening is I'm walking into the hospital room to talk to my son. That's all that's happening right mm. here, right now. What's not happening is he's he doesn't have depression. My other kids haven't fallen apart. Mm. We haven't lost our house. So I would really call out the moment that what was happening right here, right now. And I remember this day clearly thinking in my mind, I actually think I could do this until I'm 70 and survive this mm. injury. I could break up my day into mm. these moments. And that would just bring me into the moment and make those moments really um, manageable. Did this happen like easily for you because of your background or did you become more into mindfulness after Will? Because you had some experiences, obviously, yeah. you know, with your coaching elite athletes, etc. Do you think that helped? Uh, it obviously helped mm. um, because I already had to- tools to grab onto. Yeah. But what was – I'm quite proud of myself is that I actually made the decision to use them. That's a, that time is a time where you just want to curl up in fetal position and not get up. You just want to let everything um, – you know, cave in on you. And I actually made the decision, no, I'm going to stop and I'm going to take control of this moment. And I had to get really firm on my Mm. mind and I wasn't okay with my mind just going wherever it wanted to go. In mindfulness, they talk about, um, there's a beautiful analogy about a rider on a horse. And when what most people do is they go through their life with the rider just clinging onto the horse and the horse responding to every loud noise, every spook, running wherever it wants. And I was determined to grab the reins of the horse and go, no, this is where we're going today. And we're making this decision and we're taking this action mm. and we're asking this question and we're, you know, seeking out that professional. And it was, but it, I needed to be really firm really, really Mm. firm. And that's probably my message to listeners is it's not easy and it's not about being gentle all the time. It's sometimes being really firm on your mind and taking control of it. How was Will, Emma? There was so much that for him to have to deal with and and the reality of the situation. Was it just small steps? How was he? Uh, Will, Will blows my mind every day and probably taught me more about being in the moment than anything could teach me. Maybe it was his age or yeah. maybe, you know, he was always great at football because he was able just to be in that moment and not to think too far ahead. I remember a day where Will was talking to me about um, some anxiety that he had, a, a bit like post-traumatic stress after drowning because he nearly drowned in the beach. Mm. And he... and. I was asking him what he would do when he got those anxious feelings. And he would say, because he was in hospital at the time, I would just lie in bed and I would say, okay, right now I'm in bed and the pillow's under my head and I would feel the blanket. No one had taught him that. That was his reaction to pull himself out of being in the fear of of being in the water. And, you know, that is mindfulness mm. in its essence yeah. to just come into all that's happening right now is I'm lying in a bed. Yeah. Nothing else is happening. So he has been incredible. Each challenge, he just deals with that challenge in that moment. What about, um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Very inspirational. <clears throat> what about the word vul- vulnerability? Yep. How do you, um, you, you want to live in the moment, but you're, you're obviously in a pretty vulnerable state there mm. for a long time and probably it just probably flushes over you now and again when you when you think about it. Um, yeah. Is that a good thing to show your emotion? Um, or do you – because some people just 
probably too stubborn. They don't they don't like letting people show their emotions. Yeah. Somewhat. You know, vulnerability is something we talked about at Richmond a lot and um, spinal cord injury definitely teaches you a lot about that. A lot of people don't understand what vulnerability even is and vulnerability is basically feeling under threat either physically or emotionally. So we tend to protect ourselves Mm. and we don't want people to see that we're feeling a particular way because we don't like that feeling of being under threat. And I always teach the footballers that greatness comes from being vulnerable. So greatness comes when we're like, you know what, people might judge me, people might think I'm silly, people might think I'm too emotional. But when I do that, that's when I can actually take risks. That's when people can actually help me because they know my story. That's when, as a defender on a footy field, I can leave my player, I can leave my opposition to take an intercept mark. So in our case, being vulnerable and saying, hey, this is hard, this is terrible, this is our situation, we had a whole community rise Mm. up and help us and literally carry us through Mm. that. And if we weren't vulnerable, then we wouldn't have been Mm. able to get that support. It's crazy, isn't it? Like just, it's... It's not an easy thing to do, is it, I guess, to be vulnerable? And there's that, you always talk about this being strong and mm. stoic and yeah. not actually wanting to be that in the first place. Yeah, particularly for men. Yep. You know, we're raised in a culture where it's like toughen up, you know, be brave, be strong. Um, and it's changing people to understand that saying to people, you know what, I am struggling here. I'm not getting this right. Mm. I don't have all the answers. That's being really strong because it's literally saying, go on, attack me. I'm okay with that, but I need help here. Mm. And that's when we get the help and we can go to a different level. You can join the conversation, 94291116 or 04339811116. And after the break, we might flesh out a little bit about mindfulness and meditation. and Because some people out there think, oh, what, what is it? I, I, I try and do it, but I just... I get frustrated. So, you know, there's there's a, a thousand ways, but mindful could be just um, sitting, sitting at home reading a book. Emma's going to explain that for yeah. us. On the other side of this, it's No Man Should Ever Walk Alone, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the home of real brands and real savings. Should ever walk alone with Danny Frawley. No man should ever walk alone is brought to you by Chemist Warehouse, the home of real brands and real savings. Danny Frawley is here with us tonight. Our special guest uh, is Emma Murray Spartan. Always Really keen to hear from our wonderful listeners out there. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen or oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Before we get there, just to recap the theme uh, of tonight is mindfulness. Trying to find some time for yep. you. Trying to think the positive thoughts. And if things aren't necessarily going that way, how you might be able to sort of break the cycle a little bit, or just find some time for yourself. Well, mine's um, walking aboard a collie, or playing golf without the phone anymore, or just getting up to the farm. Just doing. Doing things where you can just chill out a little bit because uh, life at times can become all-encompassing. So you got a call there, Jack. We do. Let's have a chat to Andrew from Dandenong. Uh, Andrew, thank you for calling. Appreciate you giving us a buzz here on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. G'day, fellas and lady. How are we? <laughs> We're good. Good. <laughs> really fucked up then, didn't I? Um, 
Yeah, look, just following on from your, what you're saying, it's something that I found really hard to do this year, let, let, letting go. Um, I coach a number of basketball teams and also uh, a number of junior football teams. Um, and more so than ever this year, what I've found, um, you know, if something slight happens at training or during a game, I'm hanging on, hanging on to that responsibility as a coach. And what it's thankfully I'm single, so there's no family involved. Um, but what I'm finding is I cannot let it go overnight. I'm just thinking mm-hmm. about it, thinking about it, playing it over in my mind. What could I have done better? Da 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 da. And what I'm finding is it's now starting to really drag me down. Emma, what are you thinking? Thank you for your call, Andrew, by the way. Yeah, Andrew, what you're saying is really, really common, um, not just for junior coaches, but for for anyone, really. That's what, um, you know, our mind does to us. It likes to get a story and it likes to just run it over and over and over again. We call it in mindfulness monkey mind because it's a monkey's just, you know, constantly chattering and throwing stuff around in our mind. We get... We find it hard to let go of things when we focus on things that are out of our control. And so when we focus on outcomes, you know, the score or the outcome of a particular play or an outcome of a conversation that was out of our control, we find we really sit on it and we find it very hard to let it go because we can't get any resolution around it. And so as a coach... And, and this is even at AFL level, but particularly at junior level, we want to put our full focus on the process and we want to keep our focus on the process that we're teaching the kids and the process that the kids are trying to learn. And if we can come away from that and say, did our, did my team do that process today? Yes, great. If they didn't, what do I need to do at the next training session so that they know that process more? So it's something that we can control. It's something that we can find a solution around and then our mind can let it go really easily. A little technique really quickly that I do quite often with players when they can't let go of a game is that I ask them to pull out the positive learnings from that experience. So what did I learn from that game? You know, well, I learned that my players are no good when they run this particular defense or I learned that my players need more help with their offensive plays. When I pull out the learnings from that, then my mind's happier to let go of that, um, the game. Thank you, Emma, and thank you, Andrew, for your well, call as well. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen is how you can get involved, and no man should ever walk alone. Uh, Ian is on the line, wants to have a chat. G'day, Ian. Oh, g'day. Look, uh, many congratulations for Danny to uh, to uh, go on this journey. I'm a Richmond fan, so uh, good on you. Fond memories of Danny, Jack, terrific work. Yep. Um, I've been down for fourteen months uh, with bipolar one. I'm now back sustainably well. Am I recovering? Have I recovered? It's a bit of a moot point. But what's worked for me is, is Oprah Winfrey's mindfulness technique called the Magic Five. And you breathe in slowly. Very important. You count to yourself. Hold for five. Breathe out for five. And she always says, and it works, that if you do it for one minute a day, within six months you'll be doing it for five minutes a day. And the great joy is it costs you nothing and there's no barriers to entry. It's terrifically effective. But I might lightheartedly say there's a Richmond supporter their win after 37 years was better than any antidepressant. <laughs> <laughs> so to put a lighter touch. But, but the, the magic five is such a simple thing to do. And you just find it, it's so easy. You can do it anywhere. 
And within six months, you're doing it for five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night. But the importance is the actual counting because it focuses your mind on a task that's not your mortgage or your missus or something like that. So I'm not sure that resonates with Emma, but uh, it's worked for me. Yeah, it absolutely resonates. You could be doing my job in a moment, I think. <laughs> um, I like to call it what I teach the guys is seven eleven breathing. People tend to remember that because of seven eleven the Slurpees, um, which is breathing in for seven and then out for 11. That's particularly good when you're in a state of anxiousness because it breaks that cycle. And as Ian said, you must count because the counting keeps our mind off mm. the story that is consuming us at the time. So it's giving our focus a place to sit. And that actual, it's actually quite hard if mm. you try it, breathing in for seven, out yep. for 11, and it will break that cycle. Great, great suggestion. Appreciate your call, Ian. Uh, Wendy is on 94291116. Hi, Wendy. Hello. Hello. Um, I just have a theory that has worked for us for the last 10 years um, is just taking one day at a time. Don't don't overthink your things. Don't overload your brain with what is. Just focus on what you have to get done today and get through the day and think, right, we've done that. And then you wake up the next day and then you start again. Yeah, Wendy, that is brilliant advice. And as I said, when spinal cord injury got full on for me, mm. I took it even smaller to just one moment. Right now, all I'm doing is this very thing. And as Wendy said, the what ifs and the if onlys are the things that take us into really um, those anxious places. You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? If only I didn't say this. If only I had done that. And so just coming into what do I need to do right now? And that's the same for football players. I always have them say, what do I need to do in this moment? Thank you for your call, Wendy. Appreciate well, it. Um, Eric's on the line, 94291116. Eric, hello. Yeah, good evening. Uh, look, I've been obviously through a lot of dark times in my life and um, there's a certain amount of uh, things that you seek in Search when you're going through these types of things, and a, and a few of the techniques that I've that I'd learned um, is too that we're not commonly taught as human beings is what is it truly mean to be conscious uh, versus the beliefs that are running in our mind because a lot of the beliefs that we perceivably uh, feel like they're true because they they obviously. Um, enact a feeling within us, we really do believe that they are true, but in actual fact, when we can get to the root of that belief, we find out that it's somewhat false, somewhat yeah. illusionary, yeah. and therefore, if we can sometimes dissect some of the things that we're believing in, like the models that get embedded into our mind from societies about the things we have to be or trying to succeed, um, we, we, we sometimes live by that, but then we we're hurting as a result of those beliefs that we've adopted without even really understanding how we adopted them. Yeah, Eric, you sound like you know quite a yeah. lot on this yeah. topic, which is great. I love hearing that. But for the listeners who maybe aren't up to that place, um, what Eric is talking about is that our mind feeds us a whole lot of rubbish mm. all day, every day. And we just blindly believe it. And that's where we get into trouble. Our mind feeds us rubbish about not being good enough, not um, achieving enough, you know, not keeping up with other people. And people think this of us. And when we feed into those stories and believe those stories, that's when we get those anxious thoughts. So it's about being really, really firm on our minds and going, stop, 
that's not true. What is true, the evidence of the situation is that all I'm doing right now is I'm having a conversation with my son. My son's in a bed. He's okay. I'm okay. We're doing okay. And keep coming back to what is the evidence right here, right now. I think that's a big thing I found when I was uh, in my sort of downtime or the lowest was what what are people going to think about me? Mm-hmm. And the thing that it made me laugh when I actually sort of kept writing little journals every day, I can't force people to think what I want them to think about me. No. So why worry about it? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. walk into a room and you think, well, what are they – I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah. They they – they might, oh, Danny's had a few um, mental health issues and they move on quite quickly. I think there's, for the whole at two hours I was in the room, and that's why I become really anxious, yeah. pe- people were staring at me and I thought, what are they staring at me for? Mm. Oh, they know. Yeah. And, I, and I just got completely, I completely shut down there for a long time because I thought, but the funny thing about it, your mind just plays so many games. Tricks, and, yeah. and the mindfulness that I've found that works for me is just focus on my breath of a morning when I look up at the stars of a morning for, for 15 minutes when the kettle's boiling, just go out and if there's no clouds, just have a look at the stars and just see if I can think about my breath going in and out yeah. and actually feel the the air going through your nostrils and because I've got one of those monkey minds that I, I can think of 10 things at once and do none of them well. And you know, Danny, what you're doing is actually meditation. Yeah, that's right. You know, people are really confused about meditation. They think meditation sitting cross-legged, burning incense, I have to sit still mm. for half an hour. And it becomes another cause of stress for them because they think I'm no good at that. I don't have time for that. I'm too busy for that. And I think it's really important that we learn that there's other ways to do meditation. One of them is just sitting on our mm. breath. Now, you might pull up in your car park at work and sit and for 10 breaths, you know, just focus on that breath and that is a meditation. Do you want to talk about the, before we come on air, and I like this one about the nature, mm. I found that, Jack, when, you, when you've got a beautiful park and it's a nice sunny day, obviously a bit chilly now, but to walk on the grass in your bare feet, take your shoes off okay, and actually you feel with no, and then talk, tell Jack about the, the good meditation about just having a look at the horizon of the nature, whether it's in a park or, you know, sitting on a bench looking out over the bay. Yeah, well, can I say um, that at Richmond we did shoes off walking around Punt Oval with a walking meditation where it's just literally feeling the grass under your feet. It's hearing the noises, you know, the traffic noises and just coming out of that pressure of the game. And the boys really enjoyed it. But In nature, one of the first ways that I would teach people to meditate, particularly men that are not as comfortable sitting still, that's a generalisation but that's my experience, is to go out in nature, maybe sit under a tree and just hold your eyes on the environment with no expectation. Don't go looking for a a leaf falling or looking for a blade of grass moving and let your eyes just pick up whatever they want to pick up and your eyes start seeing things and they start catch, you know, capturing a movement in the mm. distance, um, something moving in the trees, and your mind becomes completely focused on what it can catch, and you s- fall into this calmness that is just an addictive feeling. Mm. It's like you feel yourself drop out of the, that story and that pressure. 
because your mind is so focused on picking up things in the environment that it's not on all those stories that are making us anxious. We can do this when we walk our dog at the dog park. Mm. We can do this playing golf. We can do this on your tractor, yep. um, on, your bike. on your bike, you know, just waiting for the bus, sitting on a train. You can do this in so many different places and you are meditating. And I always say to people, you, in each moment of the day, you're either in fight and flight yep. or you're in rest and recovery. And when you choose that moment, you're resting. What about um, using your iPhone when you're looking at the environment? No. No, a lot of people do it. I used to do it. I, I thought, oh, well, you, you just think, oh, I'm halfway through my mindfulness. I'll just check my emails. Yeah. It doesn't work. No. That is just habit. And what I love about this, the, one, the eye training one, mm. is getting your eyes up and meeting the environment and getting it out of that iPhone. Your iPhone is another form of distraction. Mm. That is throwing information it's at so us. It's so addictive, isn't it? So addictive. But what the information we're getting, we're what, listening to the news, we're watching social media, yep. and it's making us more anxious. It's creating more what ifs and if onlys. So, Jack, what do you yeah, reckon? Come on, Jack. Oh, I'm I'm all for it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't need convincing. I just need <laughs> I just need a start. That's the thing. Uh, before we take a break, Troy's in WA and wants to have a chat about ninety percent of the things that we were discussing earlier. Hello, Troy. Jack, Danny, and Emma. Nice Emma. Yeah, Emma. Emma. Hi. Hey, hey, Prawls, I can't believe you drive a bloody Ford tractor. You must get bogged a lot. No, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very happy with it at the moment. It's only an old one. I don't, I don't care what it's like. It's, uh, it, it goes forward. It, it does the job. It does yeah, the job. The rims, as long as the rims don't go underground, you're right. That's right. No, it's pretty good yeah. at the moment. Yep. Yeah, good on you, bud. Hey, um. Mental illness and that, it's like I just said to your producer, I've been there and done it. And I'm um, visually impaired as well, so it's a bit of, um, you know, if you can't see it, it's, you know, out of sight, out of mind sort of thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. But um, 90% of the things you fear never happen. Do you find that, Em? Absolutely. That's the the mm. whole role of our mind is to keep us one step ahead of danger. So we're constantly sitting in the, per, these perceived dangers, and they're not actually ever going to happen. Well, Troy, thank you for your call. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break. Yeah. More from Emma on the other side of this. And there's a surprise after the break, Jack. Really? Going to give that bike away? You haven't even oh, told haven't me too. about this. No, it's all right. It's all good. Okay. It's all good. So much for appreciating Ruddy, production. No, no, no. <laughs> Ruddy from uh, John, he's been very generous. So he likes the show. Find out what that is on the yeah. other side of this. No man should ever walk alone with Danny Frawley. No man should ever walk alone is thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Increase your chance of quitting smoking with the Nicotinelle Combination Therapy Pack. It's available now from Chemist Warehouse. A big thanks to all of our texts through yep. for Emma. A lot of love, Spud, for, for Emma coming through as well. A lot of support. Uh, just to give you a sample of a couple, uh, Brad, who's a mad North Melbourne supporter, always texts her through, yep. but he's listening tonight. As Dr. Jordan Patterson says, it's best to look after yourself first and get your life straight. So you are best fit to look after the people around you. It's not being mm. selfish. It's best for everyone. Thank you, just Brad. Just on that, just on that, 
Is there a fine line though, Emma? If it becomes manic, uh, like like when I in the past bike riding, so I thought I've got to ride a thousand k's a week. Yeah, it, beca- it can become selfish, Obsessive. can't it? If it's out of balance, out of out of sync. Yeah, well, when all of a sudden your bike riding that was supposed to bring balance is Becomes causing addictive. you angst because, like, if I miss it, I yeah. don't feel calm. And, yeah. um, you know, but that's when we, again, that's our mind taking control, telling us stories that you need to ride this many yeah. Ks and you need to be this level. And so, again, it's just calling our mind out. Mm. No, my bike is something I enjoy. Mm. If I don't feel like I need to do it today, I won't do it today. Off the text as well. Great respect to Emma. Thanks for sharing. Love her work with Richmond. My me time is Sunday morning on my Ducati. Have to concentrate Mm. but love the open road as it clears the head from the week's build-up of stress. Spud, you can talk a bit about that with riding a bike and Harley and all that sort of stuff. There's nothing better, mate. There's nothing better. A couple of other texts just quickly as well from Anthony. Emma, thank you. Your calm and focused approach to life inspires me. The grace with which you are presenting your situation and that of your family is amazing. You have amazing resilience. That's from Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, And also Rod says, Hi, guys. Love the show. Listen live and on the podcast. Uh, I would ride, but my bike has broken down. What I want to know is, how do you know if someone is a good mindfulness coach? Is there an official qualification Mm. or registration they need? Mm. Yeah. I'm sort of stuck on that one because I I studied mindfulness at the Gawler Foundation. um, And Ian Gawler Mm. was involved in cancer um, and does teacher training out there. you know, I go, if you resonate with that person and if that's helping you learn yep. techniques, yep. then that's all that determines if they're a good coach for you. Um, a lot of people use apps. So there's some great apps, Smiling Mind, Headspace, mm-hmm. um, Budify is one that the boys use. Yep. So apps are really, really good. I can't recommend them enough as a starting point. There's some great books out there. Um, the Mindful Way Through Depression is a really good one. It's a good book. Yeah, really good book. And it's always great to try and learn mindfulness when you're not in that state of depression or anxiety. So whilst you're feeling good, get onto it, yep. establish a practice in it. I found all I, I was manic to get through it, but it didn't help me at all because I just had to, the, the, I had to chill out before I could do it unfortunately i was that far yeah. wound up yep now spud before yeah. we let emma go well look i said to the listeners on twitter um and instagram before the show most weeks going to hand out a, a giant bike generously uh Are donated. We really? yes by wow. um ruddy from uh giant Gee. and i was thinking about it and emma's just taken will over and her husband to america for yeah. a, a, a big trip self-funded so i'm gonna donate the bike to Emma if she wants to use it or put it on the um, Where There's a Will website, I think, and uh, I'll actually put two bikes on. So if Emma and wow. uh, Nick want to use it or they want to put it on the website for, for a charity, um, yeah, I think the listeners would agree that uh, yeah. the trials and tribulation and Emma giving up her time tonight, I think that um, I can only uh, say thanks for coming in, Emma. Yeah, it's well, only a small price to pay this, a couple of bikes. Go, well, gee. Thank you for having me. I have a husband who's a mad cyclist, yep. so he has his bike covered. So we will definitely put that on the website, yep. which is wheretheresawill.com.au. Very good. Well, um, we'll come down to, yep. I think there's a giant down in 
Hampton. Hampton, yeah. And if there's not, we'll get to Geno in Turak Road. We'll get down there and get a photo and uh, oh, put it on Twitter. That'll be good, and we'll um, we'll raise some much-needed funds. Well done to you, Spud. Very yeah. good. Well done no. to Giant as well. Thanks to no, for their well support. Well done to them, and I'll make sure the listeners they don't miss out next week, Jack. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Emma, thank, thank you, you for Emma. coming in. Great thank to you see you again. You've got an overwhelmingly yeah. uh, positive response yeah, on the text as well. So thank you for being with us and sharing some of your thoughts. Stick with us, though. Still got plenty more to come on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. Should ever walk alone with Danny Frawley. Big thanks to Emma Murray for joining us on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the home of real brands and real savings. From Emma Murray to well, when we need any form yep. of nutrition advice, Spud, we just we go straight to Emily Braybon from TransformationCoach.com because she's the expert. She's the star, mate. There's no doubting that whatsoever. <laughs> hey, Em. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, Emma. We've had a little bit of a chat about mindfulness and, yeah, we're talking about those winter months last week. We're also talking about if you have a meal plan or, you know, trying to look after yourself, what goes in your mouth. It's much easier to do it with someone, whether it's your partner or your mate or a group of people other than yourself because it's so easy to get back into. Oh, absolutely. I'll just go to the fish and chip ship, uh, shop tonight. I, I couldn't be couldn't be bothered. Yeah, no, no, I get you. Um, it's a lot. If you're in a group of people, it's a lot easier to stay cannibal. Um, one of the things that I notice that my clients do is they do meal swaps. Okay. Yeah. So okay. a lot of them will bring a different lunch to training and then all just switch. That's smart. That's that doing smart. it together. Smart. That is yeah. very, very good. I like that. There's a lot of people yeah. in workplaces have lunch together. That, yep. is, that is a very uh, unique way to do it because if you spend the time to do it, it's actually quite um, fulfilling to, to swap food. Absolutely. Exactly. And if you think about the old school days, Swap sandwiches for something else just because I got sick of what mum was making for you. <laughs> I'm going to say no because my mum's listening, Emily. But uh, but no. Oh, but yeah, no. I'm safe. hey, I've got a question for you, just sort of slightly yeah. unrelated to to that. But there's a lot of gyms now, uh, fitness gyms and chains, lots of stuff that have got different uh, brands of of instant meals. Basically, you know, microwave for five minutes and and, and away you go. Are they? Are they the sort of thing that you would recommend or is it still really important to make sure that you're checking the labels and, and what's in them? I think it's always important to check your labels. I mean, fresh food is always the best, but you can also go snap frozen. So frozen food isn't bad either. But if you're finding something in a package that you know just requires um, a bit of heating up, then you probably do want to look at the label and just make sure it's not packed full of all the nasties that are keeping it alive for that little bit longer. Uh, and just... Before we let you go, I saw that uh, a bit of work's gone on. Um, the transformations are brilliant with yeah. a, an actor from, is it yeah. Home and Away that he's, he's on? Yeah, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, how's he going? You know what? He is actually, he's, he's continuing on from the transformation we did last year with him. Um, but this time he's got his girlfriend, Sarah Roberts, along for the ride. Okay. So they're both in it at the moment. So we, I've actually just got back from the gym from training them both. And um, mm. his little daughter, Scout, came along for a little... <laughs> Workout, which was fun. Uh, that's uh, the photos are fantastic. Yeah. You can find out more yeah. transformationcoach.com. Emily, we're always appreciative for your time. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Emma.
Thanks, guys. Speak to you soon. Emily Braybon joins us. And from Emily to Rob Code from Travel Fit 360 and Original Boot Camps. Rob, good evening. G'day, guys. How are you? Hey, we're good, mate. Going to Robbie. Good evening, mate. I know you're busy. Um, thanks again for coming on. And we we're just talking about today how easy it is to do it either in a group or with a mate or with your partner, yep. especially, you know, going for a walk or a run, a ride, some weight session, especially when these mornings get, uh, you know, the, the days get shorter and that uh, bed, you know, under the <laughs> 6.30 in the morning, gee, yeah. just another hour, it's still dark. I wouldn't mind just sleeping in but if you've got a bit of pressure or making more importantly someone more accountable for you to do it yeah exactly it's similar to what we talked about last week and that was uh, having that mindset and discipline obviously getting out of bed and getting going and we gave you a few tips last week for listeners but um having a training partner is a great way to keep yourself accountable especially if they are pretty disciplined with it that's the sort of partner you want to look for Someone's even more disciplined than yourself. Because that way, you, you know, especially if you have to meet them somewhere, it will get you out of bed, get to the gym, get down to the uh, local park to go for a run, whatever you're going to do. But, yeah, having a training partner does help you be accountable. The other option as well is actually being in uh, a group fitness. And a, a couple of good reasons about that is the dynamics in a group fitness. Yeah. You get, yeah, just the social interaction, especially for a lot of us who have, you know, a little bit of depression or just struggling, you know, with the blues a bit. That's a great way, instead of being on your own and, and getting up at early in the morning when it is dark and cold. There's one, yeah. done. The Friday morning is always good for me, Robbie. We've got this group down at the gym. We actually call it the deck of cards. So I won't go right into it, but it's, <laughs> you actually have the deck of cards. So you need obviously four people or four groups. And if the, the spade comes in, you might just do, um, Bicep curls. Yep. You know, yep. the heart might be squats, uh, the dime might be chin-ups, and the clubs might be bench press. So yep. when when the card turns over, that whatever it is, there's four things there, and it might be the seven of clubs. So you've yeah, quickly okay. got to go and do seven reps, yeah. and you go through the whole deck, and it's great. Perfect. You get a bit of music going, and then um, the two jokers, you actually flip that, and if it's um, whatever it is, you double it. So, yeah, it's a bit of fun. And it, it yeah. is a good workout. Have you, have you heard about that one, Robbie? Yeah, I have. Yeah, that's, oh, we've, I've been running that one for many years, especially for our yeah. travel clients, because a deck of cards you can you can put into your into your backpack or your yeah, bag when you're travelling. And you pull that out in your hotel in your hotel as, as a workout, you know. So when you're travelling, you get anywhere with a deck of cards, and that's a great concept. Then doing it in a group is even better for those reasons. Uh, you know, it's interactive, it's good if you're feeling blue, and it's... You know, it's just a fun workout, I suppose. It's always going to be different as well with that deck of card workout. It's always you can you can involve by having a different exercise with that yep. with that suit. So as you said, that arm curls, I think you said with the heart, which should be good. Next time, the hearts might be a squat. So you can keep evolving and changing the workouts up. And doing it in a group is even better. Again, it, good it, on you, Robbie. What's cheaper as well? It's, no. a, it's a bloody good travel tip, that one. No. I, I, we travel a lot, Spud, and that's no. a good one. We'll do that this week, Robbie. Thanks, mate. How's uh, no Travel Fit 360? Travelfit360.com and original boot camp. Spud, you've been terrific tonight. Well done uh, to you. Emma Murray, outstanding. Jack, well done, mate. We'll be back t- next week with No Man Should Ever Walk Alone.